Turn with me in your Bibles to our scripture reading for the sermon. It is Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through 29. I thought about waiting until Communion Sunday to preach this sermon, but decided not to. So... This is uh, the record of the uh, one of the records of the institution of the Lord's Supper, uh, Matthew's account of it, um, and there are slight uh, differences in the uh, telling of the uh, what transpired that evening in the upper room, and so uh, I'll uh, refer once or twice to uh, the other accounts, but we'll be focusing on Matthew's account. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, it has everything that you and I need for life and godliness. Um, It is God speaking here. Listen uh, accordingly. Uh, That is to say, carefully and reverently. Verse 26 of Matthew 26. And while they were eating, Jesus took some bread, and after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it. All of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Amen. Pray with me again. Lord, we thank you for the promise of your unction um, when the word is faithfully expounded by uh, one whom you have ordained through your church. Lord, I am a sinner um, prone to foolish thinking and error uh, left to my own devices. Would you please um, forbid that I should say anything that would be contrary to what you mean here in this uh, passage and any other ones to which I refer. Please speak to us uh, as your people. Be our prophet um, and uh, instruct us um, that we might better serve you. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Um, As I said, this isn't Communion Sunday. Uh, we will be having Communion Sunday uh, in two weeks' time. Um, that's when we'll be celebrating uh, the Lord's Supper. But uh, for the, you children who have been here before, and uh, most all of you young children have been here before, uh, probably on a number of occasions when we have celebrated the Lord's Supper, you recall that when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, that uh, I will hold up a piece of bread, right? Um and well, first I'll break it, but then when everybody's about ready to partake of the bread, I'll hold the bread up, um, and I will say, uh, the body of Christ broken for you, or is broken for you, was broken for you is what I'll say. The body of Christ was broken for you. And then I'll do the same with the cup of the wine. I'll hold the wine up, and then I say, the blood of Christ was shed for you. Now, let me ask you children, Do I mean when I'm holding up the piece of bread and when I'm holding up the wine 
do I mean, when I say that this, uh, the body of Christ and the blood of Christ, do I mean that I'm actually holding the actual body and blood of Christ in my hand? Do I mean that? No. You're right. I don't. Good. For those of you that shook your heads. That's not what I'm actually saying. I'm not actually holding Jesus' body or his blood in my hand at that point, at that point, even though I'm saying the body of Christ was broken for you and the blood of Christ was shed for you. Now, this sermon is going to help you understand why I say what I say, or other ministers like me say those similar things when communion is, is served. Um, and also, going to help you understand the meaning of what's going on in communion. This 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 text that we're looking at here is particularly helpful uh, to help us understand what's going on when we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Okay, so hopefully you children will learn some nuances about nuances. That's a big word th- for things um, about the Lord's Supper uh, here in the next few minutes as we look more carefully at this passage. You recall. <coughs> Excuse me. That this is the uh, Thursday night of the last week of Jesus' life. It's just hours before he's about to be arrested, and he is gathered with his disciples in the upper room um, of a place uh, in Jerusalem that he had picked out and had arranged um, supernaturally to designate uh, the place. Um, and that place was designated, and they were in the room, and they were eating. The Passover meal. You recall that I had us read from Exodus chapter 12 today, which was the institution of the Passover and the explanation of the Passover uh, so that you would understand the background to what was taking place uh, on that day when Jesus was celebrating with his disciples that meal. Now what took place, I'm going to explain this to you before I get into my my two points, Uh, you need to know something about the Passover to help you understand better what the Lord's Supper, what's going on when Jesus says what he says in the Lord's Supper. So, what took place during a Passover meal um, uh, was well established by Scripture, some of which I have just read for you in Exodus 12, uh, and there's some other places that are uh, pertinent as well, but what took place in this evening in the upper room was as well established by Scripture and also by uh, tradition as well, um, ch- ch- church tradition. By that I mean Jewish church tradition, um, both. So, the celebration of the Lord's Supper began with the head of the household, or the the one who was heading up. In this case, it wasn't a household, but it was Jesus uh, with his disciples. But the uh, the the main celebrant, if you will, the head of the household, pronouncing a blessing. So he would pronounce a blessing first upon the festival itself, the the celebration itself, the evening, uh, and then upon the the, uh, wine, which was diluted, by the way, because they were going to have four cups of it before the evening was over. So that was part of the reason, probably, why they diluted it some. But it it had alcohol in it, but but it was uh, diluted. And so he would bless the festival, and then he would bless the first cup of wine. And then they would proceed to drink from that first cup of wine, or to drink it. After drinking the wine, the food was brought in. And what would happen, in a, uh, and this still happens today, I believe, in, in, in uh, Jewish households, uh, where they are still celebrating um, observant Jews, they would bring in unleavened bread, they would bring in bitter herbs, they would bring in greens, stewed fruit, and a roasted lamb. And that was what was served 
at Passover. And each of those items recalled some aspect of Israel's experience in their bondage and their exit from that bondage in Egypt. Each of the uh, edible items did. Then, after the food was brought in, the celebrants would sing Psalm 113, Psalms 113 through 115. They would sing those psalms at that point. And then, following their singing of those uh, psalms, those three psalms, they would then drink a second cup of diluted wine. After that, uh, the head of the household would take uh, a cake of unleavened bread that had already been brought out, and he would thank God for providing that bread, and then he would... Uh, uh, he would he would he would bless the food, if you will, which is to bless God who gave the food. But it was called a blessing, and that, by the way, that blessing of the bread in the Passover meal is what Jesus is doing in verse twenty six when it says uh, when he said they were eating and Jesus took some bread. It's at that moment when that element of the Passover meal is being uh, is referred to there in verse 26. So then the, the head, uh, who is uh, leading the celebration, the head of the house usually, but in here uh, the head of uh, this, uh, the apostolic band, would take, um, he would then break the bread in pieces and then he would distribute it to each person who was present. Now it's here, at that point, as the bread is being distributed to his disciples, that Jesus interprets the significance of the bread in terms of his own person and work. Okay, That's what's going on as the bread is being passed out at the table. And the bread was eaten at that point, along with the bitter herbs and the stewed fruit. After that... After the eating of the bread and the bitter herbs and the stirred fruit, after that, the roasted lamb was served. Following that main course of roasted lamb, then, after that, the head of the household, or the head of the celebration, took a third cup, again, of diluted wine, and he would give thanks to the Lord, again, for the wine, and then he would distribute it in a common cup to those who were present. And all would drink. And it's here at that point in this uh, Passover celebration that the wine, uh, when the wine was being passed around that third cup, that Jesus interprets the significance of, again, his, uh, of the, of the wine in terms of his own person and, uh, work. It's worth noting here, by the way, uh, that Jesus' two sayings, the one regarding the bread, and the one regarding the wine was actually separated in time from each other, from the main uh, by the but the main body of the meal, the, the lamb. It was separated. They didn't go. They didn't occur right away, back to back. Uh, just uh, just kind of a little uh, tidbit there to add a little uh, knowledge to your understanding of what transpired. So the Passover meal was after it was eaten. All all this that uh, we've talked about was uh, done. Uh, it was concluded with the singing of Psalms 116 through 118. 118 is very significant for Jesus. Uh, it was the last psalm they sung. And that's the one that speaks, I believe, of him being the chief cornerstone. And there's some other prophecies in there that were clearly fulfilled by Jesus as well. And that was sung as the last psalm uh, in the Passover meal. And then there was a fourth cup of wine that was drunk. And it was diluted. Again, for
receive now God's blessing. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you all, both now and forevermore. Amen.